welcome to the Youth Development Professionals Guidebook. I'm your host, Michael Garcia. And I'm your co-host, Al Ferreira. Thanks for joining us. Let's get started. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another great episode of the Guidebook. I am excited to have a longtime friend with us, Dave. Dave Marone, how you doing? Doing good, man. How you doing? I'm living the dream as always, my friend. So, uh, Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you? What are you doing? Uh, well, where I am is I'm in Boston. I'm the Associate Executive Director of the Wang YMCA of Chinatown. Uh, been with the Y for, oh Lord, 21 years now. Uh, and currently serve as the Director of Northeast Leader School. Awesome. So Northeast Leader School, or NELS as it's known in the area, um, is a program. So tell us a little bit, what is NELS? Tell us about it, a uh, little bit of history. Great. So NELS, uh, or Leader School, started, as I understand the history, as the Silver Bay Boys Leadership School in the 1960s. Uh, it started a very long time ago, uh, as a way to develop uh, young leaders uh, in the Leaders Club program, which for the Y was a youth uh, service learning program. The Y in the 50s especially saw a fitness center boom, right? People were really getting into personal wellness. Uh, YMCAs were still very volunteer driven at the time, realized they needed more help and they would take young people at the time and help them learn how to help others in their personal wellness, mainly in, in the wellness centers that morphed itself into a teen leadership program that we know as Leaders Club today. So Leaders School is one of uh, many retreats that we have during the year for teens in this program at YMCA's across the country. Uh, well, across our region, Leaders Club is a, a nationwide program. There are multiple leaders schools throughout the country. We are one of the 10 historic schools um, in the uh, country. We are not the oldest. We are the third oldest leader school. Um, I think we get beat out by Blue Ridge and Gateway out in the Midwest. Uh, but so basically it's a leadership service learning program uh, and character development program for teens in middle school and high school. Uh, the best way I can describe it in a short clip is it's good people helping young people become good people. So Dave, let's talk about 2020. I know it's 2021 when we're hearing this, but um, it's, it's a little retrospective of how instead of, I know you were at Silver Bay and then Springfield College for Leader School for face-to-face -face for the week-long event. Mm -hmm. And this year you were virtual? Yep. Talk to us a little bit about that decision process to even run and what it was like. Uh, stressful. Yeah. <laughs> I, think yep. that, uh, I think the thing that, that's interesting to know about Leader School is it's, um, it's not anybody's specific job. It's not like you're a resident camp director at a YMCA and that's your thing to do. Um, it's still a volunteer-based program. Uh, quite honestly, if there weren't people who were willing to volunteer to keep running it, it probably wouldn't happen. So uh, the additional factor is that everybody on our management team who makes these decisions had our own stressors to deal with in our jobs, in our lives, in our routines. And then we had this thing that we were doing as a volunteer component. Um, it just added 
more to it. But so we were at Silver Bay for many, 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 many years. Uh, we moved to Springfield College four or something years ago. Um, had a couple of in-person schools. And then as the pandemic started to take shape, the pandemic hit around March really is when we started to see a bunch of shutdowns. Now March is when we would say, sign up for leader school. <laughs> That's when registration opens. And we had already had contracts signed, all this other ruckus going on. So uh, as things started to progress, and my team met more and more about what to do when we saw states shutting down and we weren't sure of um, what was happening in other areas. The, the thing with leader school is, again, it's not a one wide program. We pull anywhere between 50 to 60 different YMCA branches and send kids to this program across five different states. So New York was in a completely different place than Massachusetts at the time. Connecticut was in a different place of shutdown than like Vermont, New Hampshire. So we really weren't sure where YMCAs were. Were they willing to send staff? Were they willing to send teens? We were starting to get a little worried about what that impact might be. Then we had to start talking about, well, what is our responsibility to these kids, to these parents, to the public health of, of our communities? that we're serving, uh, is it irresponsible of us to bring? Because um, at the time, we still had a lot of unknowns about the virus, right? We still had a lot of different information out there. States were doing different modes of shutdown and tactics. You know, things weren't as, I think, clear as they are today with it. Uh, so we had to balance our genuine desire to want the program for kids, knowing that kids were missing out on a lot. Our seniors especially kept missing out on a lot of stuff. Um, and just our, our want to have this for our kids um, with, was this the responsible thing to do? And ultimately we made the painful decision in April to say, this is not the responsible thing to do in person. That was further backed up one week later by Springfield that says we're not taking any user groups. <laughs> so <laughs> the decision was going to be made for us, whether we made it or not. So that, that gave us a little sense of relief that, you know, we were making the right choice. Uh, but then we had to take a program that is built on volunteers, is built on YMCA's sending staff to be part of it. Uh, kids coming from all over the region. It takes a whole year to plan this on, on the level that we're doing it. And inside of a month and a half, pivot to a, a virtual program that we've never played in that space before. Most YMCAs, and I would dare say, you know, most youth development programs weren't playing in that space um, yet at the time. We were still figuring all this out. Um, so, and we didn't have the luxury of any of the events prior, the winter rally event still was in person. Like it just, just happened before the pandemic hit. Um, the spring rally was canceled. The Cory rally got canceled. So we were kind of first up in our region of events to play in the, the virtual space. Wow. I don't know if that completely answers your question. That's got to be a tough decision. Just like, I mean, you really went, it's a summer camp. Let's just call it what it is. You run a week-long summer camp off at another location, right, for 
I don't know how many kids, 200 plus? 60, 200 yeah, kids. 200 yeah. kids from seventh through 12th grade? 12th grade, five, yeah. across five different states. Arrive on Sunday at noonish, a little, right? And then leaving you leave Friday, Friday morning. Ish, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that's been the model. And I think just like you, you, you were saying, the uncertainty, no one did this. I mean, day camps, resident camps, wow, what are we going to do with this virtual? So talk to me, how was the structure for the virtual this summer? What did it look like? You know, did, did you, I mean. We, we spent a lot of time talking about that. I mean, luckily, you know, and I, I appreciate the affirmation, but I, I can't not mention that we had a, a phenomenal management team that, you know, while we were bummed out making the decision and you know, just never in my life, one, did I think I was going to be director of this school, Mike, and two, they just pivoted right away. They were just like, all right, so what do we do? How do we make the best virtual experience? We have to do something. So the passion and the drive, like that's where it all starts. It's these kids deserve something. They look forward to this. They look forward to connecting. What do we need to do? So we came up with a couple of different ideas, a couple of different models. We went all into this crazy idea of this hybrid system of we'll have some pre-recorded things they can engage with on social media we'll do some live event stuff with them like what's the core meat of our program and how do we make that more live event what's some of the kind of frilly stuff that's still fun but not necessarily a core component maybe those are more like the pre-recorded videos we had one of our um, volunteer staff. He's a graphic designer by by trade, uh, Jack uh, McGowan, and he, uh, along with our management team member who's in charge of like photos and media and marketing and all that other stuff, um, they did this amazing, you know, all these graphics for social media stuff, like set up pages, like he was even tracking like metrics of likes and all this, you know, because we wanted to know if this would work, right? We created a YouTube channel for the first time ever. Like it was nuts. Uh, just went all into this stuff. And the, this department was making these videos and this department was making these videos. And here's the schedule of live events. And then we were able to basically send out to the teens, this is a virtual school. Uh, it's free. We're not charging you a dime for it. Uh, graciously, you know, the why I work for was like use our Zoom account. Like there's just so we were able to just offer it on the backs of the time of the volunteers, and uh, they could sign up for any and all things. They weren't required to attend certain things. Uh, so there's a schedule of the pre-recorded videos, all the live sessions, where they could find stuff. It was just this one document that's like, hey, you're a second-time attendee. Here are your options go right and they would sign up and we'd go from there and that was pretty much the the structure once it came time for it we knew kind of what kids were pre-registered in zoom we knew people would probably pop in and out or we'd get some drops you know that's normal and uh, yeah we had our live kickoff sessions every day had at least two live sessions and uh then the day the more is a morning live session there was an evening live session and in between were um, the 
pre-recorded videos as well as we would quickly take videos we recorded all the live sessions rendered them that night to put them up the next day in case a team missed you know the live session from the time before so that was a, that was the structure um, I, I want to dive into for moving from structure into some of your content uh, of what you were doing and, and get back to uh, what you talked about at the very beginning about, you know, uh, providing, uh, you know, the, the, the big idea is that you're training leaders to be leaders in, in a modern world. Uh, in, in doing a little bit of research, uh, Dave, I've uh, one of your comments uh, that I, I pulled was, um, uh, you know, the divisions, conflicts and opinions between us are not inherited, they're learned and it starts with our youth understanding how to handle conflict and how to understand each other. Uh, I, I love that because that? Uh, you wrote that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, so we, you know, I, I, I want to uh, talk a little bit, I, I'd like you to talk a little bit, uh, you know, looking back at 2020, and as we begin 2021, you know, we're, we're uh, when this airs, we're half a month into it, so Happy New Year. Uh, but, you know, it just, in, in what 2020 showed me is how raw our conflict and our content is, and, and that we have a bigger uh, mountain to climb than, than I thought we did. Uh, and, and, and so, in, in, in that, what are these young people getting in the curriculum, in the program, uh, uh, you know, whether it was virtual or in person? Yeah, uh, great question. So the soup to nuts answer to that is Leader School has three core program departments. One is based around physical education. Another one is based in aquatics. And then there's one called special interest. That is anything that is not physical education and not aquatics is the best way to describe that department. <laughs> uh, they, they do anything from like creative and performing arts to like environmental sciences to, you know, whatever. Uh, so they come and they learn from those departments. And there's a, there's a scale of it though. At the younger ages, it's more about exposure and you've never done ballroom dancing and you're 13 and we're going to expose you to that or you've never done gymnastics or you've never really learned how to use a fitness center uh, or basic skills of basketball i know I'm talking very specifically to physical education here or aquatics that you know you're not a great swimmer and you need to learn some more of those skills did you know about the water sports what it's like to be a lifeguard. So it's like all this exposure at the younger ages, but then as they progress, as they get older, that exposure turns into basic exposure to more advanced skills development to when they get to the older ages. It's about learning to coach and to teach and to take your skill and impart it on others and how to be a, one of the it's a covert goal. It's not an overt goal. It's a covert goal of leader schools to develop future YMCA professionals um, and just future community leaders, future, you know, all that stuff. But so we do have a heavy YMCA curriculum with the PE aquatics and um, special interests so that people, myself included, I was a kid in the program. 
here I am as a Y professional. Uh, my team director currently in this building was my kid in leaders, came through leaders school, right? She's a Y professional. Um, and they go off to do other, other sorts of leadership roles in other fields, but that's the arc is exposure to advanced skill to learning how to lead within that space and within that skill set. It's not that you're learning basketball, it's now you're learning how to coach it, you know, once you get to the older age ages. Um, and that's in every department. Uh, the other end of the curriculum, though, I think is very important, more to your point, Al, about the divisions and conflict and that apparently brilliant comment I wrote, um, is our values program. And that's where the character development, the character learning come from. Now, at the younger ages, our values curriculum is very light. It tends to be very light. It's full of icebreakers and games and getting to know you exercises and um, like surface level, you know, what is conflict and like what are some examples of conflict and how you handle it. And then as they get older, they get more deeply into it, you know, conversations about what's systemic racism and why does it exist? How do you combat it? What do you do when you get home? That's going to be different than now and um, getting people to understand different points of view. And I think that's the magic of the program is that we're taking kids from different regions of the Northeast that have different backgrounds. They have different, um, racial identities, ethnic identities, gender identities, um, political identities, you know, that they're starting to form. Like they got all this part of who they are, socioeconomic status, and they're just put into randomly groups. And you're gonna have naturally in that randomization, different points of view and kids from different areas, finding common ground, learning how to talk, learning how to see through their differences, sometimes meaning that you're just accepting that there is a difference, not necessarily trying to find common ground. Like that's another thing that we're working with now in the youth space. It's agreeing to disagree, not that there's, sometimes you have nothing in common, but that doesn't mean you have to be enemies and just working that out. Um, so that, that's really the other meat of the program is kids allowing themselves the space to understand these opinions, understand these things that are happening around them. Uh, in some cases, coming up with actionable steps for themselves or their communities when they go home. Uh, and that's all facilitated by adults. We don't provide opinion. We're not designed to. We're designed to, our facilitators are trained to hold the space. Now there's lines, right? We don't want kids to like start getting at each other. And um, you know, there's rules about, making sure you know, no put downs and not making fun of people and like everybody's you know voice matters or you know whatever but as long as those lines aren't crossed they're can explore that space together uh, whatever the topic of conversation or the activity is, is at hand and that that's really the other true power of what we do in our curriculum that's a fantastic um, uh, goal. I, I, I love the, uh, uh, you know, the curve of hard skills to soft skills. And uh, I think we'll ha uh, uh, get more into it in the second half of our conversation. Uh, now we're going to take a little break and hear from one of our sponsors. If you're interested in having your voice heard on this podcast, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and send us an email. 
we are here with Dave Marone, uh, who is part of the leader, well, is the leadership at um, the Northeast Leader School with the YMCA in, uh, uh, that serves uh, multiple uh, states and uh, different YMCA's throughout the region. Uh, Dave, you, you in in the last segment you were talking about uh, the the how the program uh, runs, kind of the curriculum, and you talked a little bit about the uh, you know the when they start in the program, uh, there's a focus on hard skills and it moves to soft skills. Uh, uh, one of my mentors, uh, John uh, Maxwell. Uh, is all about, he, he's known to say and has coined the term, you know, uh, in this day and age, the soft skills are the hard skills. Um, so I want you, you've been involved in this thing for, for 18 years plus, so a couple of decades. Uh, what kind of soft skills, Dave, uh, if you can look back two decades ago at yourself, what kind of soft skills did you gain in this program when you were in it that you are now and still applying to this day? Oh, that's a really good question. Soft skills. I would say, I guess it's a soft skill. It's just, it's just listening, like, and just understanding people where they're at and that everybody's you know, got their own thing going on and everybody's got something of value to bring. People matter is really what the baseline end of that is, is that people really do matter. And is there someone that uh, in your early onset of the program, when, when you first joined in, that, that did something or helped you through uh, that you gained from it? I want uh, and you learned that again, that soft skill, perhaps, that you apply to till today? Is there a mentor that you can point at? There, there's two people I'll talk about real quick. One is Ginny Robinson, who was a longtime YMCA professional. She was with YUSA. I think she, what was she like? She was like the regional field director of our area or something to that effect was her title. Leader school wasn't part of her shtick at YUSA, but she advocated and supported us in a lot of different ways. I remember Ginny as a kid in the program. Uh, and then I became an adult and a staff and I was working for the Y part time. And she, for whatever reason, egged me on to apply for staff and to come back and be on school as a staff member. And I was like, no, no, that's, that was that part of my life. I'm fine now. Like, no, thank you. Um, she went to my boss and then talked to my boss. And then my boss came over to me thereafter and said, so Ginny said, you're going to leader school. Uh, so you're going to leader school. <laughs> I was, it was a force, but in this just quiet, you never wanted to disappoint Ginny. Never wanted to disappoint her. And not in a fearful way. It's just that she believed in the good of every person she met. And for some reason or another, and I was not a pleasant teenager in the program. I was not a pleasant young Y staff person. You know, like for whatever reason, she was like, no, you need to come back and, and do this. And I, I credit that. Like, I would not be where I am, both as a person and as a professional, 
if it wasn't for my years as a kid were very good and, and foundational, but my years as a staff had such an amazing impact on me as a person, as a professional. And I, I credit, I wouldn't have even bothered if Jenny was like, no, you're going. Um, beyond Jenny, I would also say John Barclay. He was a longtime school advocate. He was a school director twice, I think. Uh, we retired and then we needed somebody to come in and they were like, John, just do it. So, um, and John, John and Ginny, I feel like we're kind of peas in a pod in a lot of ways. Uh, Ginny was like, you didn't want to disappoint her. And she was, you know, had a soft spoken voice and all this other. John was the same way, but he was like edgier and brasher. And he would just outright say like, cut it out. You're being whatever. But he, he and I spent so many conversations just talking about the why and being a why professional and uh, leader school and what that means and just being a good human being. And then when I became on management team, reluctantly part of management team, he helped me with that transition. And then as I became school director, I was calling him like every other month, asking him for advice. Um, and he was just really um, instrumental, I feel. And my development, at least in this, this space as, as the school director. As you think about those folks and as you move into 2021 and look at uh, the, the, the Nels program uh, for the future, what, what kind of things are you implementing? Are you, you taking advantage of uh, this pause that we've had in, in order to, to really uh, come up to speed, so to speak, with uh, the youth and, and, and where they are at today? You talked about, you said that a little bit, meeting people where they're at. So how are you guys going to meet them where they're at in 2021? That's a constant conversation uh, that we're having. And I think what is exciting is we're made, the, the pandemic has allowed us to slow down. We meet more as a team. We have more conversations around this. Uh, as I said, this is a volunteer affair. So it, um, time spent in it is kind of limited, but now we're spending more time than ever. Uh, and I think that's helped us move along. So to answer your question, um, some we were always in this space of the school operates this way we know it's successful this way so just keep it going but now that we've been able to pause we can say like well, wait a minute is this the best way to serve the kids where they're at where are they at what's going on one thing that we are doing uh is we're really looking at not just our seniors but our juniors and what guidance they need. We have a really great senior program that provides closure for those kids, but it's not like we, by the time they get to us in August after their senior year, July, or after their senior year, they already know for the most part where their next step is. You know, so we really, we're just trying to help them wrap up the program. What we are missing the boat on are the kids behind them, the juniors and doing something more intentional for them and saying, you don't know what your next step is and how can we provide that assistance? Like you have your parents, you have your school guidance counselors, you have all this other stuff going on, but we are the other side of that. You know, the character, human interaction side of that, that we can, you might tell, they, they might 
have opinions that they are uncomfortable speaking to their guidance counselor or their parents because they don't know how to have that conversation or they are working it out with their peers. So, so we're excited to like look into where they're going there. Um, our youth today are way more aware of the world than I, I think I ever was as a kid and what's going on. So there's, with that greater awareness comes greater need for them to understand their thoughts and opinions on those world factors, uh, whether that's local politics, or world politics, or world issues, climate change, globalization, like they just, they have all these questions around this stuff and they wanna process it. So how can we reorient our program towards that? And it, I think we're gonna restructure our uh, we did restructure our department program. Um, we haven't tested it yet, so <laughs> obviously we're, we're hoping to implement it in 2021 or 2022 to help meet the needs of where they're at. So we, we've slammed a few, our three departments were physical education and special interest and in, um, historically. Uh, now we're looking into a space where one department is gonna be rec and child care which is basically, you know, Mike, you'll understand this. It's PE and aquatics put together with a childcare aspect of SI. Uh, awesome. so it's, it's basically like YMCA, <laughs> you know, like all in one department. So they'll, they can do swim in that department. They can do fitness. They can do sports. Same arc though, as I talked about earlier, exposure at the young ages, advanced skills in the middle, and then how to become a leader and coach and guide in that particular department space. Uh, we're looking to have another department that's just called creative expression. And that's basically what special interest is without the childcare element. <laughs> but it, that's all, again, all about, uh, but it's not just about arts. Um, you know, it could be written arts. It could be musical. It could be performing. Again, it could be into like environmental stuff. Um, we're just allowing them a creative outlet because that, what we're finding and what we have found for years, and I'm sure you guys will agree, is like we as a society have put this hammer down on kids around education, get out of high school, go on to college, do your next thing, here's this next thing, here's this next thing, here's this next thing. And what we didn't put enough emphasis into was uh, kids' emotional intelligence development, and uh, their coping mechanisms, as well as their more creative, expressive uh, components, right? So like, I'm, I'm psyched to see STEM being turned into STEAM, right? And I thought the arts are being added into that kind of function because that's, this is a core component that schools are cutting more and more with budgets and all this other stuff. I don't wanna blame schools. That's not the point of the conversation. That is an opportunity for us to fill that void because we can do that. Uh, so creative expression is one. And the final one is leadership and advocacy. And that's when we will really zone in on uh, leadership skills, traditional stuff and team building ropes courses, things like that at the younger ages, but then getting them into advocacy, social justice, social organizing, um, types of uh, curriculum at their older ages. Um, we're, we're really excited to play in that space um, a little bit more with them. Dave, it's, it, it sounds like you're 
your core group that, that's planning has taken a, a huge advantage of, of to pivot is the, the term that people have been used uh, so much. I, I want you to think about, uh, and you talked about Ginny and John so much in uh, your own development. Uh, I, I want you to, to project yourself forward, uh, you know, uh, maybe not just a, a year or two, but um, maybe five or 10 years down the road, looking back on what you're doing right now. What would Dave and that moment say about to Dave today uh, as far as, uh, uh, you know, the direction that you're going in and what kind of encouragement would you give yourself today from, uh, let's say, five or 10 years down the road, looking back at what you've done right now? I would probably say about time you got out of the way. <laughs> so, uh, and what I mean by that is... I'm happy to be serving in this role and have the team that we have. Uh, Mike, you alluded earlier, I forget if we were on break or not, that if you don't change, you die. And um, part of that means moving on and allowing, it's hard for other people to grow if we are in the way. So me 10 years from now, looking at, telling me now it's like good good for you get this train on the track and get out of the way let the next generation take it it's their turn dave i'm 100 behind you that's 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 so great and what a great retrospective on on where you are let's talk before we end about uh the wang ymca in chinatown right in chinatown in boston and what are you doing there? I know you're the associate ED or executive director. Um, talk to us about your branch and what they're managing right now, uh, January, 2021. Uh, we, as an organization, um, pivoted like many others. I use that, there's that term again now, that pivot. Um, we got into, when the pandemic hit, uh, food, was one of food insecurity was one of the big things. Um, I could send you guys pictures. We had line, one of my branch was a food site and we had lines for like two city blocks, like all the way up, like, and that, you know, of course during a pandemic, we're like, you guys need to spread out. Like everybody's jammed up in this line to get food. Um, as an organization, I want to say like it would, when was it? it was maybe like four or something months ago like we served over a million meals to the city of boston it was just insanity wow wait let's everybody just just say that again how many meals uh this was months ago one yep. over one million meals across 60 i wish i had the stats 60 something sites we opened up so not just our own branches but like a bunch of off-site places we partnered with the city of boston uh, partnered with um, City Fresh, who is our, our main food um, provider here, um, they were wonderful partners with us um, with this. So <coughs> um, we went into emergency childcare, provided childcare for those folks who still needed it during the pandemic safely and effectively. And then as things started to open back up, we opened back up for fitness there. Now, my, my branch in particular is it is the definition of a melting pot why um for those of us in the why 
field, you will know those maps you get of your members and like the little dots of all the zip codes that you're in and like the, I forget what they call them, right? But the, you know, the bigger the dot, like the more people from that neighborhood and that if any traditional YMCA, you'll see a big concentration in the zip codes right around your Y and then some dots sprinkled out. We're, we have no concentration um, at all. Uh, we are in this place in the city where we get the financial district folks making financial district salaries coming to work out next to the Chinatown resident that's on like 70% scholarship. Um, we have, man, one, two, three, four, like five different languages spoken in this building on a frequent basis. Uh, so it's this, just this melting pot. Like on the weekdays, it's like, yep, the neighborhood people and the people who work in the city on the weekends, it's like family central. It's like two different YMCAs, you know, on the, the weekdays and the weekends. Um, so the pandemic really struck us pretty good at this branch. Uh, it struck all of our branches, struck all of our Ys, you know, for sure. But I mean, people aren't working or they're working from home. So if they're not here in the city, they're not getting out of work to come here to work out or to drop their kid off for swim lesson after school. We have two schools across the street from us, not seeing those kids right now, you know, because the kids aren't in school. Um, and the, the fear in this community is palpable. It's, uh, you know, the something we saw that, that was just mind blowing to me. Uh, not even a staff from our wives from the school. So the elementary school across the street opened back up for kids most at need could attend school, right? However they defined most at need, you know, that's, they could have, I, I want to say it was 70 something uh, or 80 something kids they identified could come back to attend in-person school. Less than 10 parents elected to send their kids to school. <laughs> so I know we're not alone in that. So, uh, but what I'll tell you, uh, one thing that is great about this branch is again, we have that diversity of people here. We have a great diversity of staff here. We have super friendly staff um, that we have been able to like get to know the members who are coming in better than we've ever been able to know. Uh, we've implemented such great safety protocols that those are coming in. They're like shouting from the rooftops how comfortable they feel coming in, how clean the place is, how, you know, our reservation system, which is a little clunky, but at least they feel comfortable, you know, getting in and doing that. They can get what they need. We have a story of a guy who used to be at an Equinox, which is like five times more expensive than we are, right? Um, not that they do bad. I mean, they're a great place, but um, they're pricier. Came here because his place closed, was so impressed with what we were doing. He's donating on a monthly basis the difference he would have paid Equinox because he was saw the food that we were doing and the kid, work with kids that we were doing and all this other outreach to teens. We're still, still working with teens virtually to try to keep them engaged and connected. So we're doing all this work that we're proud of, uh, certainly that we're proud of. But I mean, as you guys know, 
your purse pocket's only so deep, it can only go so far, you know, so we've made scales and cutbacks. You know, those things are hard uh, on that. Our hours are now limited. Um, you know, I'm only open 36 hours a week as a YMCA. So that's been interesting to get into that groove. But like I was saying with leader school, that has given us space to pause and to breathe and to really make sure what we're doing is like, A, what we should be doing, and B, that it's the best possible. Um, and I think we'll come out of it stronger. We just have to hold on. Dave, I definitely commend what you are doing there with your leadership. I know that Greater Boston is going to be doing some amazing things and will come out really affecting the community. So Dave, thanks so much for spending this time with us. Um, tell us how people can get a hold of you. What, you know, what's your website? Check you out. Uh, yeah, so YMCA Northeast Leaders Club.org is our website. I know that's a mouthful. Uh, so I'll say it one more time. YMCA Northeast Leaders Club.org. That is not just the leader school website. There's a, uh, a Northeast team, as it were. It's all the event directors plus a few other volunteers that we try to help support YMCAs. So if you're a YMCA listening to this, and you don't have a leaders club program and you want to start one, go to the website, get in touch with us, uh, go to the leader school Facebook page, get in touch with us. Uh, we're, we're here to help uh, YMCAs grow, grow that um, program and, and give some resources that not just from a leader school perspective, but any kind of guidance working with teens and, and how to develop strong teen programs. Because if you do develop a strong youth program in your Y, you're really going to be investing in the long-term future of your YMCA where, you know, any youth serving organization, if you are investing in that youth and you have a pipeline for them to grow with you and then those that want to stay, like that's the other thing I'm super proud of of my branch is that I can, I can tell you off the top of my head, at least 12 staff who are kids here that are staff here, not just part-time, but full-time too. Um, so really it helps strengthen your, your organization. So that's our website. Um, you can see not just leader school, but the whole Northeast region and what we're doing. Um, that, that's how you can catch us. Awesome. And that we'll put that link in the show notes. So people will be able to just click right on it from, from the, whatever device you're listening on. We're going to take a quick commercial break and uh, Al and I will be right back. Hi everybody. This is Michael Garcia and I am here to talk to you about youth mental health first aid. This course is designed to teach neighbors, teachers, parents, peers, and caring citizens how to help a youth or teen who is experiencing a mental health or substance abuse challenge or crisis. The course discusses mental health challenges for youth, reviews typical adolescent development, and provides guidance through the ALGE Action Plan for both crisis, non-crisis situations. Topics covered in the manual include anxiety, depression, substance abuse disorders in which psychosis may occur, disruptive behaviors disorders, including ADHD and eating disorders are covered as well. If you're interested, go to youthdevelopmentpro.com and sign up for our next course. Hi everybody, welcome back. I, that was just awesome spending time with a with a dear dear friend of mine. So, Al, tell me what you learned today. 
you know, I Dave uh, in 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 his show notes uh, ahead of time, and and he said it several different times throughout. You know, it's uh, uh, youth work should be about good people helping young people become good people in the hopes that those good people will listen, learn, lead, and serve others for uh, for for the betterment. And, and then he talked, uh, you know, a little bit about seeing himself, uh, you know, as he's shepherded this. Uh, this group, this organization through, uh, you know, about getting out of his way. Uh, you know, uh, John Maxwell talks about, uh, you know, his 21st law uh, of leadership is the law of legacy. Uh, and he says, leadership is the one thing you cannot delegate. You either exercise it or you abdicate it. it, it it's clear that Dave is shepherding his group through uh, and he wants to get out of his own way, uh, not just in you know handing it off to somebody else but literally looking at what they're doing and getting out of his way to do something different that really uh uh connects with the youth in 2021 yeah dave is a true servant leader and i you know just so excited to hear from him again uh, the one thing that just blew my mind and i know other organizations and ymcas and other places are doing this but to serve 1 million meals from an organization that, I mean, I don't know this to be fact, but probably didn't serve a single meal other than for their programs, right? Just that, that's amazing to me and, and really underscores the component of they're there to meet their community needs. And that's what they did. That's what they're doing in Boston. That's what they're doing for Northeast Leader School. That's what Dave and, and all of the crew over in Boston and a lot of you are doing in your preschools and after school programs and summer camps and wherever you're working and how are you listening to this podcast. And so Al and I really appreciate all the work you're doing. Um, we wish you, it is our first 2021 episode. So happy new year. We are hoping you're staying healthy and well, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.